Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The Pope and Young Club wants to welcome you as we rally together to ensure our bow hunting opportunities for today and tomorrow. You've come to the podcast that believes in preserving, protecting, and promoting the passion for bow hunting. Join us as we strive to be the voice of today's bow hunter. This is the Pope and Young Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Pope and Young Podcast. Jason Roundsville here. I've got my co-host Dylan Ray with me, and we have some, some guests we're excited about. And uh, joining us, some longtime corporate partners we have with with Farinine, we have John Severson, and we have Terry Quinn, who's uh, just off camera today. <laughs> Terry, you want to just say a quick hi? Hello. <laughs> that, that may be all we get, folks. <laughs> well, hey, uh, you guys, welcome. Thank you for spending some time with us. We, we appreciate you. you. You have been great partners. I know you were some of the, uh, among the very first corporate partners that, that Pope and Young had. Everything that we've ever asked, you guys come through with, with Flying Colors. So we really appreciate you. And wanted to take this opportunity just to, to have a conversation and learn more about and let our folks know more about uh, Faradine and, and what you guys are doing over there. I mean, I'd list the products you carry, but it's not that long of a show. <laughs> so, yeah, John, welcome. Give us a little background. Tell us about about you and and um, Faradine. So, I, uh, you know, I've I've basically been in the the outdoor industry, specifically the archery industry, my entire adult life. I, uh, um, you know, I went to school and. Um, I ended up graduating and I was, I was going to go to grad school. I was supposed to be a doctor who I was supposed to be. And I ended up getting a job off opportunity. I'd worked at a retail store as an archery guy. And, and uh, I'd see these sales reps come in all the time. And I thought, man, that'd be a really cool job. And, and I got an opportunity to be a sales rep back in 1998, 99, I think. And uh, so I took that instead of going to grad school, I figured I can always go back to school. And uh so I, I took that job and, and, uh, worked out pretty well. You know, I worked my way up through as a sales rep. And then in 2005, one of the companies that I represented, which was field logic, um, they were going to start a new broadhead company and, um, they wanted me to help them get this broadhead company off the ground. And so I came up here and, and, uh, quit being a sales rep, I guess 2005. And then 2006 was the first year we launched rage broadheads. And, and, uh, so I was part of field logic up until 2011 and we grew that that rage brand pretty substantially over the course of a few years there and, and uh at that point um it was decided that we were going to carve the rage brand out and sell it and uh we sold it in 2011 and rage was kind of always my baby and uh 
So I decided to leave my partners at FieldLogic and went on with uh, the new endeavor, which at that point was called Rage Outdoors. And uh, and so when we came when we came Rage Outdoors, we ended up, you know, the goal when you work in a, a company that's that's private equity backed um, is to try to grow the company, right? To to build it, to build more brands, and to build the overall uh, revenue and the bottom line, and you know, help improve the companies that you buy and do that that stuff. And so we acquired the first company that we bought was was uh, Nocturnal um, in uh, 2011. I think 12, 2000 or like 12 31 2011. We we took ownership of that brand and. And uh, we ended up buying a few more companies throughout the, the next couple of years. We bought Muzzy, bought True Fire. Um, and uh, we ended up, in fact, when we bought Muzzy, we were Rage Outdoors. But at that point, we needed to change the name of the company um, for a few reasons. And we came up with the name Faradine. Um, I wanted it to be called Faradine. Faradine, Fara is wild in Latin, and Dine was short for dynamics. We were trying to call it Wild Dynamics, but there was too many trademark implications and things that we would get in trouble for. So we ended up coming up with this Faradine name and our old CEO at the time, he, anything I would say, he would say, we'd have to call it something out, you know, whatever I'd say, he's like, all right, this outdoors. And I'm like, we don't need to call it outdoors, but long story short, it ended up being Faradine outdoors. And, and uh, so from that point, we ended up selling to another private equity group. And, and the first company that we acquired when uh, we became uh, under the new ownership, was my old company, FieldLogic. And uh, so we bought FieldLogic and at that point we moved our company back up from, we were in, down in Georgia for a few years and we moved it back up here and now I'm sitting right back in the office where I kind of started um, all those years ago. And, and you know, we bought a few companies since and, and you know, and Carbon Express and Covert Cameras and, and you know, we bought several companies, Wacom um, under this ownership. And, and uh, yeah, so it's, you know, we have a lot of different brands and, you know, under the field logic brand alone, there's, you know, I think eight, 10, ten brands under the field logic um, umbrella. And, you know, we, we continue to grow and, you know, as an organization, we, you know, we have three different facilities, one in Kentucky where our covert brand is, is kind of housed. And then our main facility here in Superior, Wisconsin, um, where we, we have about under this roof, there's, 350 employees, I think, here. And then, you know, we've got another 30 or so down in, in uh, Kentucky. And then we've got a couple satellite employees that work remotely. And we have another office in Bentonville, Arkansas as well. That there's a couple of people that work there. But but yeah, we just continue to grow. And, and we're always looking for different brands to to buy and things to do to, to try to improve them. And that's, that's kind of what we do is, you know, having been in the industry for as long as I have, um, you know, I'm, I'm fairly close to a lot of these brands when we buy them. And so I'm not going to say I know every way to fix them, but I, I've seen them from afar and it, it allows me to kind of watch what they've done and watch how they do things. And, and it helps to, to have new fresh eyes, look at these companies and, and put a different perspective on the, the companies and the brands and, and what we can do to try to improve them, you know, and, and, when they're on, when these brands become, you know, part of our umbrella, they, they get some added horsepower as well, especially when you, you think about retail sales and we can simplify programs and we can do different things that, that they can't do as an individual little company. But when they come under our umbrella, we can go into a Bass Pro Shops or whatever the case may be and, and kind of utilize our power as a bigger company to help those companies grow in those, those places that they maybe didn't, they didn't have a chance to grow. And, and, uh, you know, the other benefit of it is I'm passionate about it because I've done it my whole life and um, bringing that passion to it um, helps, you know, take the brand and, and help it become what it really should be. And, and you know, I kind of take pride in, in knowing that I understand a lot about these companies before we even buy them and the products that they have and how we can improve them. And, and um, it just, it helps us as a whole. And in our company, you know, all the guys, all the people that work for us, and I can say guys, because Terry's sitting here, it's all the people that work for us um, are all passionate as well, you know, and um, really the only ones that that aren't like avid hunters are our accountants, um, which is good because it keeps them in the office counting the beans while <laughs> out, uh, doing the things that we like to do. Um, but so, yeah, it's it's a fun company and 
you know, there, there's good days, bad days. And, you know, like I tell all everyone all the time, you know, it's like, you know, when it's bad, it's really not that bad because we're still making cool stuff that, that really help people, um, in their hunting, you know, no matter if it's a target that we make that, that they shoot into or a broadhead that we make that, that, you know, helps them harvest their animal quicker or whatever the case may be, all these different things, um, you know, it's work to us, but to them, it's their passion and their, their, yeah. it's what they do when they want to, um, they want to get away from it all. They want to, to get out and, and they enjoy it. And, and we, we pride ourselves in making the products that these people love to use. And, and that being said, we love to use them ourselves. So it's just, it's a cool, there's a lot worse things I could be doing. You know, I can absolutely toilet paper or spatulas or something like that, but this is a lot better deal for me. Nice. Now, now when it came full circle and it came back around and, and Faradine acquired field logic, how did that feel? One, I lived in, I, so my family always lived up here in, uh, we live in, on the Minnesota side, just across the river. Um, but I, for the most part, lived in Georgia. So I had gotten acclimated to living down there and we were in North Georgia. So it wasn't like super hot, but, um, I really liked it. And so the first thing was, you know, I wish we could have just moved everything to Georgia because then it would have been a lot better weather and whatever. But, um, you know, it was strange because a lot of the employees that were here, you know, there's one, um, Christy Voorhees, that that she was very instrumental in our first, when we first were growing Rage, she was like between her and, a, and another guy that works with us named Chris Lynch. Um, those two were extremely important in bringing that brand to what it was. And I was, you know, when we first moved down to, to Georgia, you know, there's a lot of times where, you know, this particular one where, you know, I'd worked hand in hand with all these employees and they're not going to move to Georgia. Right. So they stayed here and stayed with field logic. And, you know, it, it broke my heart in, in me as a, the way that I am, you know, I'm just like, Oh, I hate to see that kind of stuff as you get into this corporate world. But the beauty of it was a lot of them, you know, they found different homes within the field logic umbrella and brand, of brands and they were able to stay working. But when we came back up here, it was just awesome to be able to get to work with those people again that I had said goodbye to, you know, five years ago or six years ago yeah. or whatever, and come back and work with them. And, and it, it helped give Faradine a more personable uh, entry into this, this world of field logic because I was here and they trusted me and I wasn't this big corporate Godzilla that's going to come in and just change their whole life, you know, lives and, and, uh, it worked out, you know, um, in our office that we have is, you know, it's, it's a beautiful place. We're right on the, basically on, we're on the bay on the other side of park point here is Lake Superior, but you know, it's a, it's a pretty cool office setting and, and they're good people and it's just, it's good. You know, I like it here and, and, uh, you know, I've lived here for a long time now, so uh, I'm used to it, but the, the winter still sucks. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> Now you're not a Georgia Bulldog fan, are you? No, I, you know, I, I became one to an extent, oh. if not, I would have gotten beaten down when I was down there, but, um, that's such a powerful thing. And down South, you know, the, the polarizing of, you know, Alabama and Auburn and Georgia and, you know, Georgia to all these brands. And they're just so passionate about it. They don't, they don't even really care about professional sports when you're down south. It's all about college and, frankly, college football. And uh, I grew up in Arkansas. I understand. Yeah. Well, Georgia plays Arkansas this weekend. Coming. That's up. why I was gonna have to hang up if you were a Georgia fan. I can't no, be. but my my the two people that are down in the Arkansas office they're just keyed up because Arkansas has finally got a halfway decent team this year. And and uh, my my VP of sales Chris, he's a diehard Bulldogs fan, and he's gonna be pretty devastated if the if your hogs beat the dogs, we'll see. No, I got a story for you. And uh, I want to preference this. It was not Rage's fault, but this was probably about 2010. So Rage was, you know, just now like the big thing. And uh, I had talked to my dad. He shot like a 90, like a 92 Hoyt. And I'm like, dad, you got to try these new broadheads out, man. You got to try them out. And uh, we went out hunting and, I didn't even think about it. I'm like, you're shooting a bow that shoots, you know, 
190 feet a second. Like I didn't even, that never crossed my mind. And so I'm like, dad, you got to try these broadheads out. And sure enough, that night a, a shooter walks out and, uh, and he puts that broadhead on him and that broadhead went in about that far. And he, he was so mad at me. He's like, you idiot. If I would have just stuck to my muzzies, this never would have happened. But now you can't get him to take rages off his arrows because he bought a new bow. And now I just think and lives and dies by him. But it was so, he gave me grief for like six months for, for talking him into trying that broadhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and that's that's a good segue you know the polarization of of the the love of those college football teams it's the same thing with broadheads and you know people yeah. are they're so passionate but now we own five broadhead companies and so chances are if they're shooting a broadhead they're probably shooting one of our broadheads but um and you know i just gave a seminar when i was at the the convention here you know a few months ago or a couple months ago whatever it was and you know my job isn't to try to make you buy one kind of broadhead you know at the end of the day we we love to have passionate hunters and hunters that are out there and you know there's different kinds of broadheads for different people and and you know there's fixed blade guys there's mechanical guys you know um and it's just i guarantee you most of the employees that we there's a lot of them that we ended up moving up here from georgia when we moved back back to uh, superior and every one of them that moved up here, they have never hunted with anything but a rage since since they since rage bought uh, bought muzzy, you know. And, and Michelle would probably roll over to hear me say what I just said. Um, the old owner of muzzy, um, Michelle Eichler and Fred. But um, it's funny to see those guys shooting rage and they go, I shot this one with a tripan. I, you know, they're I'm like, what happened? You know, and I I actually last year for the first time, you know, since we bought muzzy um i helped i'm not going to say i designed everything but i've been I've, i'm kind of the one that helps in the design and how we bring products to market and and when we're going to bring to market and, and whatnot and you know the trocar which is a broadhead that we make um i i we had two different choices that year in 2012 and i made the decision we're going to come with this trocar broadhead and it's ended up being just a huge seller for us ever since we came out with it but i've never shot anything with it so I figured last year, you know, I've never, I've never uh, shot anything with a fixed blade since we really, we started Rage. And I'm like, well, I'll try it. So I just shot nothing but fixed blades last year. And uh, I killed the biggest eight pointer of my life it's up there in that corner, 156 or something with a busted brow. Uh, and I've killed some, some, I killed a lot of animals with it last year. And, and uh, you know, in fact, I, I hunted Kentucky last week and uh, I sent fixed blades down there that I'm hunting with down there too. But it just, I, I'm not going to say I feel bad because I made all the muzzy guys shoot rage, but, um, but it helps me spread the wealth, you know? Um, so it's just, it's kind of cool. They all work. I guess that's my point. You know, they all work. It's just a matter of what makes you confident and what you feel good at, what you feel good yeah. about shooting. I, you know, you mentioned it there. I think confidence has a lot to do with it if you know you're going to make a good shot and you feel it and you know that your equipment's going to do what what it should there there's a lot to that yeah and as long as your equipment does what it should oftentimes if your equipment does what it should and the animal does what it should it all comes together but oftentimes the animal doesn't always do what you think it's going to do or what it should do when you shoot all kinds of things happen. And yeah. I always tell everyone, you know, they're like, I hit him, I hit him here. Perfect. It's like, you really don't know where you hit that animal. So you walk up to it and see where the hole is in it. Cause I've had him do some crazy things when that bow goes off um, that you would never expect. And, and that's kind of the one thing that we always used to use as a sales kind of sales tool when it came to rage is, you know, you had this big, huge cut. If, you know, the animal doesn't do it, it, it was supposed to do or you didn't shoot you didn't hit exactly where you wanted to whatever the case may be having that big huge cut gives you just a little bit more advantage of hitting something vital than it does with a smaller you know cutting down or fixed blade broadhead and it, and it flies like a you know flies like a field point um just has all these attributes that that helped it become what it is and and yeah it's but it's confidence and i do have a lot of confidence and rage i mean i've killed about everything you can imagine yeah it's it's a big part of it for sure so it's uh so this year are you are you back to rage now? Um I I've only hunted actually I hunted I hunted uh, elk in New Mexico a couple weeks ago New Mexico's first season which is the first time I've ever done that 
and I never, it was hot and um, dry and we, the, we, the bulls were not until the last two days of season, they weren't really doing anything. They weren't you know, moving at night. And, uh, but I hunted with a fixed blade there and uh, that particular TV show that I was hunting with, they're sponsored by Muzzy. So I shoot Muzzies when I'm, when I'm on that one. And then uh, when I went to Kentucky last week, I, I took fixed blades, but when I hunt up, when I hunt uh, my big whitetail hunts that I'll do here coming up, um, you know, I'll, I'll probably have these new tripans that we have um, this tripan and C that we, came out with that's probably what i'll i'll have on my arrows so nice so if you had to pick one of all the stuff and i mean you guys have everything broadheads arrows targets just i mean i, you, I was you actually look at, at all 20 of their brands just now i know it's ridiculous it's crazy if, if they don't have it you might not need it but if you had to pick one if you had to go on there and say okay the, here's here's the one that the one brand that i would do which one would it be rage rage okay yeah. yeah it's pretty it's pretty simple um for me to pick that because it's it's kind of our flagship brand but you know there isn't you think about brands that people are passionate about you know and terry's sitting here terry's, terry's our marketing director and and as you know we sit here and you know i i play hand in marketing as well but you know when it comes down to it it's so easy to make people it, it passionate about about the broadhead you know when you think about a target it's hard to make a target sexy right like oh it stops arrows it does this they have these features and whatnot but people aren't like passionate about it they they aren't right. gonna put a block target sticker on the back of their truck and drive around or you know whatever now if you give them a free block hat they're gonna wear it but regardless um when they're sitting in a in a bar talking to their buddies you know they're not gonna sit there and argue about what target they shot they're going to sit there and argue about what bow they shot or or what bow they shoot or what broadhead they shoot those two things and uh you know the hoyt guys are going to argue with the matthews guys and the Botech guys are going to mark you know argue with the elite guys but you know those muzzy and rage guys they butt heads and you know and then now we own both companies so it's like well i don't care which one you buy <laughs> both are, so, so yeah that's yeah, great always been a thing but yeah rage is definitely the, the flagship brand for sure okay excellent and and number two would be if you had to pick a number uh, two carbon express is another one that's a, a good brand our arrow okay. brand and and uh people are you know they they are pretty fussy about their arrows too but we've got some really good arrows and and you know that company that's one where we bought it i was almost like I, I told the employees that we were buying this company and, you know, I kind of stood in this conference room and let everybody know. And, you know, that's a brand I've known since I started in the, when I was in retail back in the mid, mid nineties, when I first started, I'm, I know I'm dating myself here, but when I first started in retail, um, I knew those brands and I knew Lenny Resner that worked there. And he was always like the premier guy on carbon arrows. Like he knew carbon arrows and, so when we bought that brand, like I told our CEO as we're buying this, like we're getting this guy when we buy this brand, like this is a huge deal. And, and I've been passionate about it since, since I've been forever. And, you know, it's just, I, the pride that I felt when we bought that brand, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And then, you know, we got Lenny and I got to know him now. He just retired this past year, but, you know, we still reach out to him once in a while if we have a question or whatever, but yeah, he, I got a chance to travel to Korea with him and, and, uh, visit that factory and and you know they even had his they had a sign with his name on it above the door when you go in there for wow. his, that was his lab and yeah i mean it's just it's a cool brand so that that's a good one and you know and then when you get into it the next one would be block uh block targets or you know that's what started in all reality that's what started this whole thing was was block and my old partner larry um who's since gone on to do all kinds of different things but uh you know larry started that target in his garage and and you know he's he's i i can't everything that he's touched has t turned to gold and you know and he he and i worked really close together for a lot of years and and uh he's a smart guy and you know i'm not saying this because if he's ever going to listen to it and thinks i'm kissing his butt but um but he is a smart guy and that kind of got this whole ball rolling and the ideas and the things. And, the, and that's, that's what this comes down to is the entrepreneurship and the, and someone's willingness to take a chance to, to, 
to think that their idea is, is the best or is good enough to, to make a company out of it. And he's done it time and time again. And, and uh, you know, we kind of did it together and we started Rage and, and I learned a lot from him and, and, you know, throughout the years, I've been able to, to grow up. But that block brand is, it's been something that, you know, I, I sold them and I was one of the first retail stores to ever sell them. And yeah, we, we brought in these targets that were 70 bucks or, you know, 60 bucks for the small one, a hundred bucks for this one. And all the other targets were like 15, 20 bucks at the time, back in the nineties. I'm like, who is going to buy a hundred dollar target? And lo and behold, we sold them and we couldn't keep them in stock. And, uh, we still can't, uh, yeah, we still can't keep them in stock. So yeah. You know, you yeah. mentioned people making a fuss about broadheads and arrows, and I almost, I it almost infuriates me when somebody doesn't make a big deal about their broadhead or arrow. You know, they talk about their camo or their tree stand or the bow they're shooting, and I'm like, but at the end of the day, that broadhead and your arrow are the only thing that contacts the animal. So it doesn't <laughs> matter what kind of camo you're wearing or what kind of bow you're shooting, what kind of tree saddle you're hunting out of. If you don't give thought and consideration to your broadhead and arrow, what are you doing? Because you could have the best hunt of your life, but if I mean that's the only thing that's going to connect to the to the animal at the end of the day, and oh, so yeah. I appreciate it when people make fusses about the broadheads because if you don't truly believe the broadhead that you're shooting is the best broadhead out there, get a different broadhead. Yeah, you know I I've seen some. It's it was in, I'm in Oregon until very recently we couldn't use mechanicals here, and I'll tell you what I you know when they first got approved for use here, Who I was, was the doing, one that did that, Terry. John may have had something to do with that. Oh, yeah. I, I, I had to go out there and speak to your game commission on the efficacy of mechanical broadheads. And so I, Terry and I put a deck together and I went out there in front of them. And um, there's an archery shop, Wayne Endicott, that owns the bow rack. He called mm -hmm. me. He's like, you're the you're the broadhead guy. We need you to come out here and speak to these people. And so I did it. Was it three years ago? Four years you're ago? welcome, Jason. Yeah. There you go. I'll, I'll so give, you're welcome. Jason. I'll give yeah. most of the credit to my PowerPoint. Um, it was fortunate <laughs> yeah. enough that John was there to do the speaking <laughs> part, but um, you know, I, I'm sure most credit was due to the PowerPoint. It was very beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I, I was looking at some of this because all of a sudden it, it's a whole new avenue that you can look at, and you look at some of those, um, you know, some of the videos that people have done on those on those rage broadheads and you're like man i could put my arm through the hole in that deer that's ridiculous yeah so it's you know, um, and, it, and that's the one thing too that that i always say that we changed is that you know and that's one thing to think about too as we are pope and young is that you know our goal is to get people out hunting with a bow right we want them archery hunting yes there are records there are all these different things but at the end of the day it comes down to you know an aspirational thing like yeah when i was a kid i I wanted to shoot a Pope and young animal so bad that I just, I couldn't believe it, you know, where I grew up, they just weren't there. But, you know, ultimately if, you know, people don't live in a place where they have it, you know, an opportunity to, to, shoot, to harvest a Pope and young animal, white tail or whatever the case may be, you know, they're still out there hunting and doing things. And, and yeah. by using these broadheads, it changed the way that people took their pictures, right? Like they, they didn't have, it wasn't just a grip and grin of a, you know, 160 inch deer. Look at this. You know, they could have shot a, they could have shot a doe and put a hole in it this big and been like, you know, look at the hole. And that's what people were sharing on our, our social media sites. And this, it's not about how big this, this deer is, you know, it's about the size of the hole that we put in this thing or whatever. And, and it kind of, it allowed those people that maybe didn't have that chance to shoot the huge deer to be part of the whole hike you know like hey yeah i put a hole in deer like that too and and it allows them to be part of the group you know what i mean and it was it was a good deal yeah absolutely it's i i mean i saw some of those and and it's man it's impressive what they can do yeah jason what broadheads are you shooting you know i i don't know i'd have to look in my boat case <laughs> i mean yeah. it's not a rage uh, you know, I gosh, Dylan, I just can't remember, but you're going to remember asking me that question for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm a, uh, I'm a pretty loyal guy and, and, uh, and I've got something that works for me. So it, what do you shoot? Just, slick tricks? Um, no, it's the, uh, the shuttle tees. Oh, yeah. And so I don't know if I can say that online or on air, but yeah, I shoot them and, and I've just, I've had some good luck with them. I mean, where they've, I, I'm not getting a hole like you get with those rage broadheads, 
but it's you know when, when you get getting hard to find though aren't they um i i haven't had an issue but uh yeah. but I, i've heard some kind things big deal i guess so yeah, yeah. So once again, I'm open, but, uh, and I, and like I said, I've, I've heard a lot of great stuff about yours. I mean, Muzzy's been around for forever and, and those raids that's, I would imagine, is that the number one mechanical broadhead out there? Number oh, yeah. one broadhead ever sold. Yeah. Ever so, Okay. I was going to say, cause, cause when you hear about like a lot of people don't even call them mechanicals, they just call it, it's like a frisbee, you know. Oh, it's not a flying disc, it's a free with the mechanical broadhead, it's it's a rage, yeah. You know, even if it, they're not shooting that particular brand, that's kind of what they say. You know, mm-hmm. I worked at a, I worked at a bow shop through college, and they'd come in and say, Well, what do you shoot? And I'd say, Well, I shoot this or I shoot that, and and they'd say, All right, cool, I want the rages, and I'm like, Well, then why the crap you ask me? Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know. It's it goes to credibility, Dylan. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you're just you're just too young. Yeah, no kidding. So I, I was in a I was in a store one day. I was a sportsman's warehouse, and um, I had just gotten back from Africa, and and you know, I, at the time, I took a rifle over there, and I had some 19 year old kid who I don't know if he'd ever even killed a a deer, and he was trying to tell me about some brand of rifle, and I'm like, okay. Um, th- thank you. I appreciate it. So, no, I had a, my, I posted a video of my wife shooting her bow and some kid commented on it and said, well, you need to upgrade her from a whisker biscuit. And I'm like, well, first off, she, she just started shooting a bow like a month ago. Um, so I wanted to shoot a whisker biscuit. And I'm like, secondly, I go to your page and I don't see one dead animal on your page. Like, so why are you telling me what to upgrade my wife to? Yeah. And, uh, I was like, just so you know, buddy, I still shoot a whisker biscuit and you know, i well, actually, I just switched back to a whisker biscuit, and you know, I shot six animals with it last year, and it worked just fine. And and uh, he didn't say anything back, but I'm like, man, you sure? Uh, yeah, give me all the advice there. I sold whisker biscuits when they first came out. I knew the guys that started it, and uh, oh, I killed all kinds of stuff with a whisker biscuit. Um, you know, it's it's a good rest. Well, I'll tell you, I I actually so for probably ten years, I shot a drop away and. I was having a phone call with David Blanton one time and, and we got on the topic of, of rest and, and he's a big believer in, in whisker biscuits and nobody's going to argue with David Blanton. And, uh, and so he said, well, I'll tell you what, he said, you buy a whisker biscuit and hunt with it for one year. And if you have any issues, I'll buy you a new drop away. And, uh, and so I'm like, okay. So I went to a whisker biscuit. That was probably, well, that was for the 20, 2020 season. And, uh, and so I hunted all with it 2020 and that's why I'm still shooting. I mean, never had a problem with it whatsoever and uh thought i would have a problem with tuning it with a four fletch and tuned perfectly so I, that's what i'm still shooting yeah foolproof yeah Again, so, back to jason's comment on confidence you know and and mm-hmm. uh being confident in your stuff and you know I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and say i've killed I've, you know i've i've gotten an opportunity to shoot lots of different things and you know yeah you got some west, giants behind you yeah, there's a big ass, there's a big bear there, uh, somewhere if I get my chair to roll. Yeah, it's a big bear. It is grizzly. Um, but the less things that you have to think about, the better, you know, the, and the, and the whisker biscuit gives you that confidence where you don't have to worry about something happening because it's there, it's going to work, you know, and, and when you're like, I always tell everyone the hardest part of archery my opinion is drawing knowing when to draw your bow and drawing your bow like that's what makes archery a challenge is you know you have to know when the right time to draw that bow is and if you if you screw it up you know it's over but being able to do that and the less things you have to think about when you're doing that um the better and that's what i've always kind of thought about when it comes well to and one thing that i've anything, you know one thing that i've found about the whisker biscuit is it's really one of the only rest it's not the only rest but it's one of the only rest that i can have two set up perfectly tuned to my bow and have the other one in my pack and if anything happens to that rest i just bolt it on i don't have to tie into my string i don't have to try, tie into my, i don't have to tie my my limb i just bolt it on and i know i'm ready to go and uh and so that was one huge benefit for me is like if it if something happens in the field you unscrew it and bolt the other one on and you're ready to go yeah yeah so what yeah, I've gotten burned by some rests over the years and, and, uh, on some big time hunts and, but yeah, no, it's, there's all kinds of good products, you know, and, and, you know, you think about it and the time that we've spent 
the time that I've spent in the archery industry, I've seen a lot of different things come and go. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's cool to see some of the ones that, that, that really blossomed. And that was one of them, um, you know, and, and, uh, those guys that started were great guys too. I, they're engineers true and true. And, you know, that started with the, this, the landing gear, the threaded screws that push the landing gear up and down. That was a brush that was used to clean that landing gear, the dust and stuff off of there as it went oh, up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. So I probably just gave away some industry secret that I wasn't supposed <laughs> to say, but that's what it was. So what, uh, so here's a question is, I mean, you guys carry all kinds of stuff, but is there something that you're like, man, I wish I had those. I wish I had maybe not a specific brand, but like a, a some segment. I mean, I'm trying to think of what you guys don't have for archery, but is there uh, there's 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 little widgets that I like to use that that uh, we don't we don't own, and you know, there's a lot of cool little products that that I I'm not gonna say I've helped them, but some of them I have. But there's a lot of cool brands that that I like that we don't own, you know, nose jammer is one that I'm passionate about that works really yeah. good. Those guys are, they're great guys that, that work there. And it's one of those things that when I first started using it now, it's like one of my favorite smells, you know, I mean, I spray it in my truck and my office, everywhere you go, my life, it smells like nose jammer because I like the smell of it and, and it works. Um, you know, it's one of those things, and, you know, that's one that, that, uh, you know, I'm passionate about and, but, you know, you know, it's just, there's all different kinds of things that are out there that, that, uh, that I like widget type stuff. Cause I'm a widget kind of guy and, and I have trinkets and things like a, you know, like the Sears wind indicator, for example, like that's a great product that, um, you know, works really well. And anytime I take it out, somebody hasn't seen it. They're like, Oh my, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's like, well, been around for a few years, but it's, it's a cool item. And, um, if I had my way, we would own a hand warmer company. <laughs> a hand warmer. <laughs> oh, I guarantee you she's got them right now in her pocket <laughs> somewhere because she's. I've got them in Texas in June. It yeah. doesn't matter where I am. I've got them with me. And if we acquired a hand warmer company, I could die a happy woman. <laughs> it would be the greatest day of my life. So, Terry, are you a, are you a like a shake hand warmer or are you a battery powered hand warmer or all of the above? Um, for convenience, I always have the, the shake ones with me, but, um, you know, that being said, I'm probably one of the few people that packs a power strip in my hunting bag because I've got socks and a vest and all of the other rechargeable items that I need to, uh, keep rolling when I'm on a hunt. Um, yeah. Years ago, I I got I brought some of that stuff. I think I stopped because it was like four below, and I was going to Montana on a goose hunt, and so I I'm like I don't I don't have four below gear, so I stopped at Cabela's and bought like some heated battery powered gloves, and I think one other thing. And I showed up, and people clowned me like crazy because they're just like, oh, what a pansy! I can't believe you need heated gloves. Well, I mean, it's minus four, and you need something and uh it was funny because the next year i show up and probably a third of the people had heated gloves and then the the little layout pads the battery powered layout pads were there and i had one of those and because the year before one other guy had one and man he was warm and i was freezing my t- my hands were warm but everything else was cold and so there's nothing a, wrong with being comfortable no no not at all and uh if if that makes me a pansy then you know what i'm the pansy over here smiling in a in a long sleeve you know uh quarter zip and a vest while you're over there in bibs seven coats shivering <laughs> i actually did have a hunt in texas a couple of years ago in june and i was using hand warmers <laughs> on the morning sit and um I caught a little, a little flack for that, but later that same year, I went to a hunt in South Dakota that was owned by the same outfitter, and um, the cook that was working there had a bag on the counter, and when I came in, he had said, Miss Jerry, that bag is for you, and it was completely full of hand and body warmers. Nice. And he just laughed and he said, if you need those in 
Texas in June, you're definitely going to need them here in South Dakota in October. <laughs> yeah. So if, that that's what I would that's what I would love to see Faradine acquire is some sort of warming. All right. Well, well, I don't care what kind. It would yeah, be great. Well, everybody, you heard it here first. So <laughs> that's so yeah. any uh any breaking news or of, of things you guys have coming up? No, you know, the the thing that I'll say this past year has been a challenge for, for most companies in the outdoor industry, just for the simple fact of, you know, the huge influx of, of participation that we saw last year um, coming out of the pandemic. And it created this huge surge in demand that, you know, we're still trying to catch up from, you know, to this point right now, you know, I mean, it's, it's stayed strong for an entire year, frankly. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, this time last year, yeah, it would have been the first week I was on an elk hunt in Colorado and I ended up getting COVID nothing, no, no, nothing wrong with the outfit or anything like that. We just three of us that room together ended up getting COVID and, and, uh, we all came back and, and so I was able to, um, hunt a lot because I wasn't really sick when I got it. And, uh, I just had no taste and smell. And that's when I decided I was going to shoot fixed blades, but you know, we okay. starting about that. There, there's a whole marketing thing there for you, Terry. If you, if you lose your sense of taste and smell, that's when you switch to a fixed blade. <laughs> yeah. It makes I, a lot you of know, sense. I think that's yeah. a good, good idea. Yeah. It's yeah. perfect. But yeah. no, like the point is like, I remember coming out of it last year when, when, and then things really started to pick up and it just carried throughout the whole year. And, and, you know, we have spent the past year not so much focused on like new product development or, you know, any of the things that we normally would. We're, we're really focused on producing, shipping and doing the things that we need to do on time of the products that we have. Now, we do have a few new product things that we'll bring to market in 2022, uh, but, um, you know, nothing that's going to be earth shattering um, as we go into the next, next year, just mainly trying to keep, keep our heads above water and making sure we can, you know, do the things that we do really well, because, you know, as every other manufacturing outdoor industry would tell you, like it's been a challenge to be good at what we do because we one, you know, trying to find employees to, to build the products, the, the supply chain has been so tough to work with, um, you know, everything takes three times longer to get here than it should. And, and costs have gone through the roof and, you know, just all different kinds of things. We just got to get all that stuff figured out and then we'll, we'll kind of reset and go into 22. We do have some right. new things, but there really isn't anything groundbreaking to talk about. We, you know, a lot of times we fill niches or we, we do some little improvements to different products that we already have. And, and uh, we're, you know, we did a little bit more of that as we go into next year. So, yeah. Good. And how is the, you know, with the supply chain and logistics and all that from COVID, I know it's hit everybody. I mean, I, I ordered a bow in January and, and it got here, what, at the end of August, literally three days before I was leaving for an antelope hunt. And fortunately, a guy here helped me set it up and get it, get it ready. But where are you guys at in that process? Are, are you starting to catch up to where now you're anticipating, hey, it's going to take three times longer. So okay yep we 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 have where we would generally have ordered you know quant less quantities for example more frequent orders of less quantities we're trying to order big lots of you know because we know it's going to take a lot longer we're trying to order big lots that'll carry us through to the next big lot gets there instead okay. of those shorter you know more frequent shipments and and you know um, luckily the things with the government have kind of changed when it comes to the employees and keep keeping people working. And so we've, we've gotten a lot better at, at hiring and retaining employees and doing that. And then being able to make sure that our supply chain keeps um, a good flow of product as we go through. And then we have issues that are out of our control. For example, you know, these hurricanes that just hit the South or the Southeast um, a few weeks ago, you know, affected one of our suppliers on any chemical business that, we used to make our Glendale bug, shooter bug, the uh, polyfusion targets like our, our uh, block six by six or the, you know, the infinity targets, those types of things that are all that molded foam. That particular vendor, he, they got pounded when the, in Texas where the, the freeze hit early this spring, so that impacted our shipments of that stuff. 
um, for most of the summer. Then they got caught back up and bam, they get hit with a hurricane. Hmm. Now they shut it off again. So as those employees, you know, that work in that department, they don't have, we don't have any material to make that stuff. We ship them into other areas and it allows us to increase the output in those other areas until we can get, start getting that material again and then move them back. And uh, so it works out. We're able to flex people and move around and do whatever. But yeah, the supply chain is, you know, it's a challenge because of the COVID situation, but it's also a challenge because of, you know, things that are out of our control, you know, like I can't control a hurricane that does this and we just have to roll with the punches. So, yeah. So overall sitting about where you want to be though, I mean, everything considering. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, we're having a great year. Um, you know, it's, we had the biggest month that we've ever had on volume of production. So the, the output of the materials and the things that we made, plus our top line sales last month was the biggest month that we've ever had in the history of the company. So it's good. Yeah. Hey, Dylan, do you ever think about asking me what release I shoot? Um, I shoot a true fire. (laughs) You know, I do, man. I I don't think I could live without the, the fold back feature. Oh man, you're right. Uh, that, that's the one thing I can't do without. Yeah, it is a that is a cool feature. The the fullback and the track. I've got a question a, for you, John. Yeah. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I was just saying those are those are the two features that really set true fire apart is the fullback. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So being a trinket guy and being somebody who represents so many brands, so many different products, what's one product that you fell in love with? And then like somebody pulled it off the market and you're like, no, that was like one of my favorite products. Um, We've done that to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've done it to ourselves have. a lot. Now keep them. There's a, there's a couple of boxes of one of those sitting down here on the, on the floor uh, behind us, you know? And, and uh, so, but yeah, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of something that I loved, you know, that's not around anymore. Um, God. I don't know. There's been so many things I can't even. Dylan, once he thinks of it, he's going to fixate on yeah. it for the next two and weeks make... and I'm going to kill you. Uh, then I'm gonna... <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a couple things I like that. You had you deal with more than one. What's that? I figured you had more than one. No, I do have a lot of them, but I'm thinking of, you know, we have to deal with it all the time. If we discontinue broadheads or a particular release or whatever, you know, the, the complaining that ensues after we do it and the phone calls and the emails and the chats and, you know, how could you do this? Why would you do this? And, and, you know, uh, so I, I know because we have to deal with it all the time, but yeah, there's, I'm just trying to think of any specific thing that, that, uh, you know, there's tons of calls, you know, like the best, there's one, you know, the, Purple Heart box call that Primos used to make. I mean, I used to kill. That was my favorite box call, and you can't buy it anymore. But there's lots of different things that I can think of that uh, um, that over the years I've used. But I've done so many different things. Like, and in in all reality, um, you know, one one good example of something like this. Our PR guy, his name is Tim Kent, and he sent me a a text the other day, and he's like, "You're not going to believe this." And, and he goes, you're the only person that would appreciate this. And it was a, in the New York outdoor news paper thing that they have in New York. And it was a picture from that. And it was a company that was launching a string tracker. So the first thing that Eastman Outdoors, when it used to be called Game Tracker, came out with was their Game Tracker back in the early 80s. And it was a, a spindle tube that went in the stabilizer hole with an, a string that would attach to the, the little barb that went behind your broadhead. And when you shot, that little barb would stick in the skin and the deer would run off with this string and you would just follow the string to the, to the deer. And that's what they started their business with. And this company is relaunching it and had it in that New York outdoor news. Um, so it's like how, you know, that's 40, you know, whatever, well, it's over 40 year old technology. And these people are launching it as this new thing again. And you're like, you know, I don't even think it's legal, frankly. Uh, but regardless, it's just one of those things that, you know, these what's old is new again. And in all reality, if there are things that I've liked in the archery side of the business, chances are he buys I, them. We've made it, you know, like yeah. I've taken that thing and we've made it and tweaked it and made it into something else. And it's something that you've seen that that we already have, you know. Can you imagine rolling into 
Dick Sporting Goods, Jason, and buying a new product and then liking it and being like, well, we'll just buy the company. You yeah. Know? <laughs> uh, you know what? Yeah. I'll, I'll shoot muzzies this weekend. I'm let's, just going to own let's, it. Let's go buy them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was one time I was in a, I was in a Cabela's with um, the president and CEO of Scentlock. And we had him on the show not too long ago. And we were looking at some of their camo. He's like, I want to go see what their stock looks like. You know, this was right during COVID. So I was like, I want to see uh, how they are on stock. And so we walked back there and we're looking at camo. And uh, and this worker walks up. He's like, can I help you guys find something? And this guy, and and he was like, yeah, I really wanted to learn more about the Scentlock stuff. And uh, he walks around the corner and I say, what are the chances you could talk this guy into giving you free camo because you're the CEO of Scentlock? And he's like, probably slim to none <laughs> and, and so uh he walks back around and i'm like hey do you got this guy actually is the president and ceo of Scentlock. we're on a hunt uh he tore a jacket and he's like i don't think i can do that <laughs> and i'm like well okay nice that's uh so so have you ever gone gone to a store and had people be like hey wait don't aren't don't you own them <laughs> no no it's like uh People in our industry, they don't really, you know, you'd think of, you know, we think of someone like a Michael Waddell, for example, that, you know, you and I, we all know him very well. Terry knows him, you know, but if he walks into Target, people aren't going to know who he is. But to us, we know who he is. It's not like yeah. Brad Pitt, you know, or something like that. But in yeah. our industry, you yeah, know, the Brad. only time someone ever says something is if I'm wearing a piece of branded apparel, you know, like if I have a Rage vest on or a Rage hat they're like hey you know i hate those broadheads or hey i like them you know and and it starts a conversation and you know it's it's oftentimes and i spend a lot of time in the airport and um that's when i get the most comments or when i used to live in georgia if i'll be wearing a georgia bulldog shirt or whatever <laughs> shirt that's the only other time i would get someone stop me and say you know they'd say all right go dogs or you know whatever um but it's it's the same thing if i branded apparel they'll say something but um you know, there are times when I'm in a retail store where, you know, whomever I'm with, it could be one of my buddies that isn't in the industry. Someone will say, you know, and, you know, we'll be standing there and hear someone talk and they'll be like, hey, this is this is the guy that, that you know, runs that business or whatever. And they'll look at me like, really? You know, there's times like that. But, you know, pretty much I'm just a regular dude. And uh, unless I'm wearing a something that pisses people off. Is it a, yeah. is it a surreal feeling going into a sporting goods store and and owning an aisle. Yeah. You own an <laughs> owning aisle. four aisles of products being sold. Yeah, we do. We do have that. There's a lot of that. Um, there bet. was a time there was a shop that we went into and I, that was, uh, they were selling counterfeit stuff and we, so my CEO, myself and my VP of sales were down for a meeting and I, we took all of our branded stuff off and just put on regular t-shirts that we had that were just nothing. And we walked into that store to just see if those things were in there because we had got rumored of it or whatever. And before, like, as we were walking out to the truck, the owner was looking at my LinkedIn profile because um, it's like this person viewed your profile. So he knew who I was um, when I was in his store because we were nosing around this counterfeit stuff and he had already, you know, he knew who I was. But that's the only time someone's ever been like, hey, you know, but he didn't say he knew me. He just was looking at yeah. my LinkedIn profile to yeah. see if it was me. But. Do you ever have people that just start start bad mouthing? They don't know who you are. They start bad mouthing your gear. Oh, rage socks, this, this, that, all the time. And they're like, Yeah, yeah, I know. I started it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it happens. That one, that happens. That happens some, or you know, they'll be talking about some other thing that they really like that yeah. isn't a brand that I own, and then they feel guilty. You know, like a like a shuttle T lock. Oh, you know, Dylan. Yeah. Dylan. <laughs> You're, you know, Dylan, I'm going to pay for that for years. And so are you. Uh, so, hey, I'll buy you a pack of Rage and send them to I'll you. I'll tell you. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll need the 24 pack. You've seen me shoot. Yeah. So, All right. <laughs> um, no, it's, uh, I, you know, that happened to me at convention. So I, I'm really careful of, of who I say anything bad to because I was looking at the, I, I don't know if you heard that story, but I was talking to Brian Butcher and I didn't know it. And he shot that just weird looking, you know, I mean, it's 320 some inches, but it's just a, it's just a weird looking buck. And, uh, and he said something about it. And, and I almost said, you know, something really, you picked that one. 
and uh, thank goodness I didn't say anything negative to him. But great, great guy. We we had him and his buddies on, and we talked about that. Oh yeah, no, one of my my old employees over at a show in Pennsylvania for one of our distributors called the Kinsey Show. And that particular year, I'd shot a, I'd gone to Australia, but I'd also shot a a black bear in, in like Northern Manitoba. And I shot it for uh, Babe Winkleman's TV show. And, and uh, I was shooting a Matthews bow that they had made for me that had like 104 pound limbs. And, and I had been shooting it all summer to go on this Australia hunt. So I'm like, well, I'll just take it on this bear hunt. Well, I was hunting in a tripod and I, I shot, I was wearing like a head net thing and had to like here on my face. And, and I was wearing lost camo, which was Matthews camo at the time. And and I shot this bear and I made this, I took this thing down and I, and I had it like around my face and I just looked like a complete idiot. I was like, yes. And they, they had put this particular video of me shooting this bear in this loop video. And so I was standing behind the table and the video is playing and this customer walks up and one of my employees was out on the, the floor and they're watching this video and my employee's like, man, is that guy just a complete loser? And uh, the customer's <laughs> like, he really is. And I'm standing right there on the other side of the table. Oh, I laughed so hard. Jim's like, that guy is a complete loser. And the, the customer's like, oh, man, he really is. Oh, Did you ever crazy. break it to him? Well, Did I, it, yeah, oh, yeah. Jim's oh, yeah. like, oh, that, by the way, as he's walking away, he's like, oh, that's him. And, yeah. I, and the guy's like, oh, I feel terrible. I'm like, no, I said, I can't stop laughing. Oh, but yeah, that's the kind of respect my employees generally give me. See. Yeah. Well, you know, mine just put me right on the hook, right on, you know, throw me right under the bus. So, Jason, the next time we give you a web code for your newsletter, you could you could use that yourself, too, you know. I think I have to use it to get him some, actually. Yeah, I think Dylan will be ordering me some Rage broadheads mm -hmm. here shortly. Certainly will. Yeah. That sounds great. It's uh, no, and I've seen them and I, I look at it and once again, creature of habit. I'm like, Hey, I've got something that works. So I just kind of stick with it. But I did, I, when they opened them up here, I started researching it and I'm like, man, you know, some of those holes are just ridiculous. And so it's, uh, it probably needs to happen, but yeah, it's we'll, the best. Uh, we always say it's the best bad hit broadhead that's ever been made. And, you know, anything that gives you a little bit of advantage, scent locks, a prime example, you know, I take heat. There's a particular, my buddy that's an outfitter and, you know, he's like, that looks going to smell you. I'm like, if scent lock helps me and gives me just a little bit of an advantage and does whatever it's worth it to me, you know, like yeah, there's things like that. Same thing with like a nose jam or whatever. Like, yep. If, the, if that elk is straight downwind, he's probably going to smell me, but if this gives me just a little bit of an advantage on a, yeah, like you know, 10 whatever, degrees, I'm gonna yeah. every, every widget I can to give me that advantage on anything. That's, you know, I, I wear that hex clothing sometimes because for the same thing, because I was in a, I was sitting in a ground blind. I, I didn't move and I didn't make a sound and they just knew I was there. And so then, then, you know, next time in there, I, I had that on and it was a little bit different. You know what? Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. But if, if it's, if it's that little bit of an edge, I want it. Yeah. So those, those rage, I should probably look at cause I'm yeah, exactly You know, the other day we, we were on the okayest hunter podcast, Dylan and I were, and I, I felt pretty close to home right there. So that's, <laughs> you know, the, the bad hit broadhead. So I've yeah. got, I I've just gotten lucky this year with some good hits. Yeah. They asked me and Jason, they said, what are some okayest moments you've had in the field? And I'm like, well, it's easier for me to think of those than good moments I've had. Yeah. Yeah. You mean you mean like this week or yeah yeah so well well John here's here's a question we ask every guest and I'm anxious to hear your your answer here because you're around so many different things how many SKUs do you guys have do you know we just got asked that question on the last Zoom call that we were on where my camera wasn't working either uh, and you know I think it's probably fifteen thousand twelve thousand. Oh, yeah <laughs> okay something like that now, we'll, we'll just we go have, greater than ten thousand skews yeah so from from the greater than ten that may be a record for us dylan well we had we uh, had we had a uh, lancaster on so i don't know if they they might yeah. be Boy, they had a lot they of they're in the same they category though i know that yeah. so anyway so so when you're out in the field if you're picking one thing to take with you maybe maybe you know a non-traditional type of item so can't be like a knife or or binoculars or something but 
What is the one thing you're taking with you? Ooh, I know the answer to that one for me. Okay. I know. know. Yeah. Everybody knows that one, Terry. (laughs) Oatmeal cream pies. Oh, I was going to go. I would have lost the box for sure. The hand warmers are part of my daily use. So that's, that's a given. But on a hunting trip, it's oatmeal cream pies. Listen, I'm good at giving food advice. Next time you're out there, take those hand warmers and put each hand warmer on the side of an oatmeal cream pie and let it get a little warm and then eat it. I could do that. I don't oh. know if I have the patience though. When I'm ready for that cream pie, the little Debbie's are the way to go. Dylan, I'm I'm just wondering. Like she's talking about what oatmeal something cookies. I wonder if she's ever had an uncrustable out in the field. Oh yeah, she has. She 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 brings she, them. She okay. So she she apparently has. But has tried I don't want to be judged, but my backpack is usually three quarters of the way full of snacks. But one thing I've taught, especially yeah. my employees that work with me, don't keep them in the crinkly package that they come in. Put them in a different type of package because that is the worst. Next to Velcro, nothing in hunting should have Velcro, in my opinion. And you should never take uh, crinkly wrapper anything, whether it be an uncrustable oatmeal cream pie. A Nature Valley granola bar. It should be in some other type of packaging so it's not crinkly. But hey, we're big to answer fans your of the question for me, it would be, you know, I'm a wind Nazi, so I have to have a puffer of some sort, like no matter what, no matter what I'm doing. Um, you know, I've got to have a puffer. I'm big on, you know, obviously I'm, you know, puffer, range finder. Um, you know, you said non-traditional you know, my, I can't hunt without binoculars. I cannot hunt without binoculars, uh, but, but a puffer. Um, but if there's something that comes with me, obviously my phone, the battery pack and a cable, um, those three are imperative. And, um, and really it's just water. Um, so, you know, I, I don't have, you know, if it's early season, a thermocell, you gotta have a thermocell all the time. Um, you know, but what's a thermocell? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm from Oregon. We don't have bugs here. <laughs> oh. Where would Dylan grew up, he's got them. He oh, yeah. Them down there. I, I've been in Arkansas. Oh, yeah. They'll carry you away. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've, I've been on a, on a few early season hunts in places down in the south. And, man, that's, oh, if you don't have a thermocell or some bug spray, you're in for a miserable day. Yep, for sure. So, um, but, all right. Yep. That's and then the other thing I'd say I hunt from a tree stand a lot a three arm, real tree, uh, bow holder the three arm, that's the most I I have to have a three arm one so my bow is out there, that's an important thing for me too. Nice, that's that's twice this week we've heard that one. The three arm, the yeah the the bow holder yeah so, that's I, I was in a tree stand last week and I had I was just glad I had like a little screw in hook. Who was the other one? Yeah. Who who said the other one? Uh was uh um uh John from uh uh oh Bowhunter Planet. Oh Dave from Bowhunter Planet. Oh Dave, he yeah, pulled, Dave. He pulled Sorry. one out and had it with him. He, he did, like, he actually one had one with out. him in the truck with him. Yeah, that's no. right. I remember that. The other yeah. cool thing that that came out last year matthews came out with it if you ever hunt a ground blind or on the ground is the engaged limb legs for matthews if you shoot a matthews bow and you don't have those you might as well just throw in the towel the engaged limb legs are just shooting your bow in the range or doing whatever like they're the best thing and i know you guys are for a different bow brand but that one is a, that was when they came out with that thing i was like oh man this thing is awesome you can shoot with it on everything you know, we're, you know, if they have a cool bow stand like that, uh, maybe we should let Matthews in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, do, what do you think, Don? You know, we actually, uh, I actually had some good conversations with Matthews and, and, you know, our missions that's lined it. up. Oh, that's awesome. And then you can just sit your bow and it just sits there on it. You can shoot with it on everything, but that's very cool. That is cool. I see the recurve in the background too. That caught yeah, my that's eye. My Hoyt. That caught my eye. That's uh, Dylan. Dylan's a trad guy now. We've lost him. Well, you can't say that. I've only shot one deer with it. <laughs> so, somebody asked me. They said, "So, are you going full trad now?" And I said, uh, "No, I'm going with my compound next week." 
<laughs> so, well, guys, um, and, and uh, Terry, John, really appreciate you guys, all you do for Pope and Young. You've been uh, great supporters. I've been here a little over three years. And, and like I said, everything that we've ever come to you with, you guys have supported wholeheartedly. We really appreciate it. We appreciate you coming to convention and, and being part of our celebration for 60th anniversary. And uh, thanks again for spending some time with us here today. We had a great time visiting with you. And uh, thank you so much for everything you do for PNY. Yep. And thank you guys for, you know, being part of PNY too. You know, it's been something I've been uh, part of for a long time. Terry's, you know, since, and I told her when we first started, like when she first started getting into this, I'm like, you got to be a lifetime member. So she signed up and, and she awesome. even signed her daughter up here uh, a couple of weeks ago. So get one. Yeah, you know, we appreciate it. We appreciate the organization and, you know, we'll do anything we can to help because it's, it's something that I'm passionate about personally. And, and uh, you know, I'm just proud to, I'm proud to be in the industry and I'm proud to be a part of all the things that I'm a part of. So it's, it just means a lot to me to, to be part of this because it was something that I aspired since I was a little kid. So um, it's cool. Cool deal. Excellent. Well, once again, we appreciate it. It's a great partnership and, and anything we can do for you, you just let us know anytime. Do. So, Thank you. And, and Terry, did you get those glasses? Did they ever show up? I did get them. Yes. Thank okay. You. All right. And I know, I know your guys's gear your uh, other gears on the way too, your Pope and Perfect. Young jackets. So anyway, uh, thanks so much. Appreciate you spending some time with us and, and have a great day. All right. Thank you.